I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cabby Richards. Appreciate the click, the download, the subscription, the comments. Thank you for showing some love. And thank you for the follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Vine, which is all at the real cabbie. I want to start this podcast with genuine appreciation. And I appreciate what the writers and producers of Jimmy Kimmel Live and Late Night with Jimmy Fallon are doing right now. The videos, the concepts, and the content both of those shows are making is in another stratosphere. And I am so appreciative as an audience member that I get to witness greatness. And just in this past week, or the past couple of weeks, Kimmel has had the twerk video. Which has which fooled everyone, and then he had this. He's got this feud with Kanye West, which is just amazing. And Fallon, oh man, Fallon just had the Sesame Street video, the epic lip sync with uh, jo- uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Stephen Merchant, uh, the flip cup game with with Kate Upton, and hashtag with Justin Timberlake. Like these guys are going back and forth and back and forth. And it's awesome. The winner is the audience. So thank you to those writers. And that's been inspiring my producer, Dave Cricks, and I, just to, just to elevate our game. So uh, bravo to both of those shows and keep setting the bar so high that you know, we're going to try to kiss the sky or touch the sky. My first guest, my only guest today is a staple in Toronto and a very interesting character because his roots, because he's been able to evolve twice or three times. We'll chart the course of his evolution over the course of this conversation. And he's got a few good stories to tell about the arts, about music, and some famous people. He joins me in the studio right now. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. For the better part of a decade, the man in studio has been helping to shape the subculture of Toronto with his two friends and collaborators. See, in Toronto, there's an oversaturation of talent. And... Like my friend Chaos said, who is a, a super talented artist, it's like crabs in a bucket here in Canada's largest city. Through their popular blog and apparel, the joie de vivre of the One Love T.O. movement is an all-encompassing love of Toronto, embracing all of our differences and celebrating all that's positive in the arts, in music, in fashion. One Love T.O. was part of his brand. 
Hosting parties across the country is part of his brand. Hosting the red carpet at the Much Music Video Awards is part of his brand. Hosting movie night on E! in a sharp tuxedo every week at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, shall I say, is also part of his brand. I'm very pleased to welcome Tyrone Edwards, a.k.a. T-Rex, on the Cabbie Presents podcast. Thank you for coming by, sir. Woo! I'm ready. I'm so excited. On on Twitter and Instagram, you can chart his adventures at Mr. One Love T.O. That's at M-R, the number one, L-O-V-E-T-O. True. Dude, the, uh, I don't know if it was the last time I saw you, maybe the second last time I saw you. You guys have uh, these pop-up shops. Yeah, this is correct. And you guys, okay, so the, the, the amazing thing that you guys do with One Love T.O. is like, you create, I mean, it's, it's, it's microeconomics 101. You guys create this huge demand and have such little supply, which then fuels the demand. So it's like, it was in the summertime, I remember you guys had a pop-up shop for like two hours at Roots on Bloor. Yeah. Okay, so it's like, it's like, hey, we have a pop-up shop 12 to two, and it was like right, it was right around Carabana, so it was like middle of the summer, it was actually towards the end of the summer. So I'm like, all right, let me get there. So I get there at like 157. It's, it's, it's over. Yeah, everything was gone. Here's the thing. We Why don't you guys make more shirts? Here's the, everybody says that, right? We would make, first of all, we'd make more shirts if we had more money. That's one. <laughs> okay. Two, every time we do a, a new pop-up shop for whatever product it is, we do more than we did the last time. But we don't want to, like, here's our thing. We don't want to, like, make, we're not in a position to just make a whole bunch of stuff and sit on this dead stock. We, we just can't afford to do it. Okay, so fine. So what we do is, like, okay, if we sold 500 this time, next time we'll print 750. If we print 750, then we'll do 1,000. So we print a lot. Like, what we're printing now versus what we're printing two, three years ago or four years ago is completely different. However, it still takes 45 minutes for it to be sold out. I know, dude. And, and, and like, I have to get there at the beginning now just to make sure that I can get an XL and whatever whatever style is available. I'll, I'll be first to admit that you... My good sir, who have been, you've been supporting us from the jump. We, we shouldn't even, you shouldn't even really be worried about that. Like, this should just be in a bag that says, Cabral no, no, no. Richard. I'm happy to, no, I'm happy to spend the 20, no, 30 bucks it no, is I for the I'm happy. Char- I didn't say I wasn't going to charge you. I was just saying, <laughs> you shouldn't have to worry about the lineup. You know what I'm saying? I'm all for line bypass. Like, <laughs> you, you mentioned off the top in that amazing, um, amazing, uh, I would say, of my introduction? Of no, a, no, no, no. Uh, that's that's real. Uh, of an introduction. Now I appreciate you, but you mentioned like me throwing parties, and I remember like when I, there was a couple years where that's all I did was throw parties, and and I was sitting there at the table, I was at my mom's house, and she was, and, and my aunt was like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "The guest list," and she's like, "Well, what is the guest list? What like what do you mean? You have to know everybody that's coming. I thought people just show up. I'm like, yeah, people just show up. I don't know everybody's coming. She's like, well, I don't get it. I'm like, oh yeah, these are all the people that are getting in for free. She's like. All those people are getting for free. So what's the point of throwing these parties? You got, you got, uh, you know, you got bills. People calling here for for bills. What do you mean <laughs> they're getting it for free? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's just how it works. She's like, no, it doesn't. When you go to the barbershop, do you get guest list? And I was like, uh, hmm. I get it. So I I love taking care of people, um, but I've I've become very meticulous in terms of like who I take care of. You know, so you are somebody that uh, uh, we would love to take care of. So I no, no, no but again, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to spend the thirty bucks because I know, like, I, I, I embrace what you guys do. And for those that live outside of Toronto, mm-hmm. or like, there's a random guy in Arizona who's, or or in like Northern California who's listening to this who doesn't right. really know what One Love To Yo is. So the 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 logo is like. 
it's the number one, there's a heart and then T.O. That's like their main logo. And it's on, you know, obviously like, like apparel and you guys have a great Instagram account, which I follow. You guys have, I don't know how, how many of like guys are out there like with their, their cameras, with their phones or their cameras snapping pictures, but it's, it, it, it absolutely, um, portrays the the beauty of our urban jungle in Toronto and a lot of people in our city you know we, we try hard to you know we're chasing the dream of, we're chasing the mythology of New York you know in this city we work to live we don't live to work right but you know with that kind of rat race mentality there's still a lot of uh, beauty in the city which you guys capture in uh, on your Instagram account which is one love to you um, and I, I haven't um, I haven't checked yours I got to I gotta jump on yours to to see what kind of pics. What kind of pics do you put on Instagram? You know, I put. Um, I want to go back to one love two in a second, just to explain what it is. But um, kind of pictures I put on my Instagram are, are basically the things that I love. So uh, pictures of my daughter. Yes. Uh, pictures of my socks. Because <laughs> I, are you wear? Do you wear those like uh, uh, those like um, not luxury socks, but those designer socks like yeah, all pink the time. and every, like every single day, green. And every single day. You wear I, designer socks. I, I, like. My chest of drawers in my room, top drawer is uh, just straight underwear and then, and like, you know, pajamas and stuff like that. Then the second drawer is like my, uh, like just everyday t-shirts. Okay. Then my third drawer is the very, like, like the fancy t-shirts, the more expensive t-shirts. Like, okay. you know, some of them wear out. <laughs> yeah. Then the, the fourth drawer is all my athletic wear. So all of my, like workout stuff my gym stuff because it's all about hashtag healthy 2013 that's what i'm about <laughs> and then in a few months it'll be healthy 2014 and it's just a healthy lifestyle that's what i'm promoting and then the final drawer the biggest drawer um is full of socks it's just all socks that that that's real look, look, look at these socks right here i know they can't see so it. right Maybe now we'll, okay we'll so right before, i should take a picture of this because if, a you're wearing you're wearing jordan fours five, five excuse me jordan five fives yep. and then and then you're wearing like a light camo uh -huh. print sock yeah with the with, red detailing on the top yeah there. with the yeah. red yeah i i am gonna take a picture that, yeah you gotta get it because you know socks are important man uh it's a part of the whole presentation of being a gentleman every year i'm working towards being a better man and uh Think, uh, and with cam me, camel socks helps that process yeah man details details you know the pocket square game is stepping up right now too as you mentioned my new uh show movie night which airs on e friday nights at 5 30 p.m and it re-airs all over the weekend <laughs> so you have no excuse you know pbr if you haven't seen you, wait are you gonna wear a tux on every show i know you wear suits but you were in like tux like what you wore on the red carpet like during the toronto international film festival no nah, i think like my go-to look like my look where like if somebody was a think of me like what i want them to picture in their mind is me in a suit with uh a nice pocket square nice pair of socks and uh and uh what you call it and uh and a button-up shirt with no tie that's that's my look that's my overall that's me right there fancy casual fun flexible just uh trying to be a gentleman out here man so how many uh <laughs> i mean that works but from from like okay so much music again when we will circle back to one love to for sure so much music uh uh the mu music video awards red carpet right. you're like black and white classic look right. what i saw of your stuff at the film festival black and white classic look right the first episode i saw of movie night classic black like it's no, like no, the movie night was all blue it was blue episode. oh because I, I couldn't t I, I looked it looked black yeah i know Jeez, you know, am i are my eyes going no it's okay it's okay but <sighs> you know what um 
I got a lot of compliments on that. I took a little bit of risk. I stepped outside of my my my. Uh, Dude, that's not stepping out. That's the same. I just gave you three outfits of the same thing, freaking thing. Style. No, no, I talk about for the first episode though. This was like this is something where like a navy blue. Yeah, it was a navy blue, but it like you, you got to look back. Check on my Instagram. You'll see like they're real up close. It's like a like almost like a velvet blue okay. uh, bow tie, uh, the blue dress shirt, the blue suit. Uh, with the blue pockets, grill. Okay, maybe I saw the second blue, episode then. Blue shoes, like I'd never done that before, because I don't ever want to look like a Detroit player pimp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that, that Just is, don't go on camera wearing red gaiters yeah, or nah, green gaiters. Nah. So I think like, yeah, I mean. That was that was something I tried different, but I, I just love wearing suits. That's like probably one of the most exciting thing about this new job is that every week I'm gonna have a brand new fly suit. Yeah, you, your your game is proper. Like it, your style game is proper. I, I feel like I'm just starting, man. It's about to go down. So T Rex, how do you make the transition from hosting Rap City, uh huh, okay, where you can wear whatever, uh huh, to movie night on right. E? So you're at Rap City on Much Music, and now you jump to movie night on E. But before that, there was. Uh, you know, you did some stuff on the red carpet for uh, was it was it for E Talk or was it for also for E? No, the red I, saw, I saw I saw a photo of you interviewing Idris Elba. That's for E. That's for my new show. E. That's for oh, okay, okay. So that that, that clip hasn't aired yet. Or uh, has it? They showed a bit of it. They didn't show the entire interview yet because um, his his Mandela's not coming out for a couple yeah, of months. So right? a lot of the things that I did during TIFF you won't see until the uh, the coming months. Uh, just because we have to respect the studio. Of course, and, and the release date of the movie, etc. Right. But I got some really good, I mean, we can get into TIFF 2 in a bit, but I had some really good interviews, real good. Uh, the transition, if you want to know about the transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like, it's super easy because I went from being in a position where on television every week I would be sharing all of my favorite songs and music with the viewers, the viewers who I refer to as my friends because... I think the best approach for me is like, <clears throat> excuse me, the best approach for me is like how you how it happens on a daily. How it happens on a daily is like you get a new song that you heard and it's like and you like oh my god I love this song. You email your buddy the link yeah. or you te send you you send a text message like yo you heard this yet or somebody jumps in your car and you're like hold on I want to play this no 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 I got to play this and those are the best times because yes, like yes. you both got something to share you both got something to talk about it's, and you're and you're excited about something and you're excited about it so. This is how I approached Rap City, which was, yo, wait till you guys hear this. Like, I, some some shows, I would start off the show, and I would just be smiling from ear to ear because I I felt like like the viewers, as soon as they tuned in, they just got to my house, and I was just like, yo, listen to what I got for you this week. It's crazy. There's a video for this new ASAP Rocky song, and everyone was like, what? This new? Like, right away, people would be tweeting, like, oh, I didn't even know there was a video for that yet. And, like, in a day and time where... You can access anything on the internet before we, we can yeah. get it to air. Yeah, on TV, um, of course. You know, it was rewarding. It felt great. It was gratifying to be able to still have those kind of conversations with, with the viewers that were watching. Like, yo, I love this. And also, like, again, we talked about, like, you know, you get in your friend's car or you get an email from your friend with this song. And they're super excited, and you're super excited. Well, that's the that's the reason. That's what makes a good host is like making his viewers get excited, even for a video that they already seen. Because now you're seeing it in a different light. It's being presented to you in a different way, um, or in a different sort of passion behind it, or, or even a cool story behind it. Because I don't care how much times you've seen it on the internet. You, you know, there's some people that just sit on the internet all day, and they know everything that's going on on the internet. That's great. However. We live this life, you know. You're always out and about. We actually live this life. So, the story that I'm gonna say um, uh, to to lead up to this video 
is not going to have you looking at this video completely different. Ah. You're, you're going to, there's well, pieces you, in that video that you didn't know nothing about. Right, because you do have a special connection to <clears throat> a Bohemoth in music, which we can get to <laughs> later. OVO for life, Which baby. we can get, which we'll get to later, but. Uh, oh, yeah, so you, oh, yeah. So, so the, the transition. Transition, please. So the transition is basically that same approach that I had with sharing my music on Rap City is the same thing I'm going to do with um, movie, movie night. night because here's the thing. I am not um, a movie critic or an expert or do I want to be. Um, I am a movie lover. I love movies just as much as I love music. So I'm going to do the same thing because I, we still have the access. I'm still going to be chatting with the filmmakers. I'm going to be chatting with the actors and the actresses. Um, I'm seeing these movies months before they come out, before there is even a a commercial about them yeah. I already know about it I've already sat down with the filmmaker all that stuff so I'm actually going to just be uh, I'm going at it the same way I went about it with the music but now it's movies now it's movies I like the little debate thing you guys had I've, I've only seen pieces I've, yeah, I've, no I've seen I've seen one one episode and it was kind of towards the end of the episode where you and your co-host your co Liam Miller were uh, you guys were having a was it was it Batman versus Super, oh yeah Super, deep focus it? so that segment is so fun yeah that that's that seems like you guys are just talking like lovers of film right as opposed to like presenting like hey this is this project this project but now it's like you get a conversation to, about whatever wherever you want to go because the film universe is is giant as big as our universe hey I have a question for you real quick yes sir Showtime what about Showtime that's something you used to do no about uh, sport movies? Yeah. How do you know that? What do you mean, how do I know that, brother? Yeah, but I'm that was like... I'm a fan of yours. You realize that, right? <laughs> Come on, man. Stop this. That was like... That was... Way uh, back. Yeah, that was That's when I was... NHL I was, lockout. Yeah, I was, in, I was at Sportsnet at the time. Yeah. And, and uh, Rob Hines, who was a producer at MTV, was... Uh, we, we only did like six or seven of these things where Wait, I reviewed... Wait, What did you say? Rob Hines? Rob Hines, yeah. No, Rob. Rob's with me now. Yeah, but this but Rob was at oh, Sportsnet okay. at the okay, time, okay. and then Rob left when MTV Canada launched, and he used to write on or produce, I think MTV Live with da Darren and was it Jesse and Darren or Dar How about he created Movie Night? Rob Hines did. Yeah. Okay. Well, then <laughs> shout that's out to my, Rob Hines. That's my producer now. <laughs> so yeah, we did the the one of the things I can remember from Movie Night is it was like a Rocky anniversary came out like a box set, so we did a bit, and then I ate five eggs in a row. Oh. Like five raw eggs just down the hatch because Rocky did it in one of the movies and I, and I didn't I I was close to th like I was like, nanoseconds away from throwing up but I didn't throw up on I should I should have actually just let the moment be and then throw up on camera because it would have made for better TV but thankfully I didn't because I, I think my mom would right. I almost threw up just not listening just listening to That's it so gross so you <laughs> okay so our first encounter I don't think you're gonna remember this no but was in. Around 2007. Okay. At the time, Chris Bosh was a Toronto Raptor, and Baron Davis played for the LA Clippers. Okay. And Baron Davis is one of the first, uh, one of the first basketball players, perhaps one of the first athletes to really embrace the digital space, like making videos. Right. And I think he had a blog, like Gilbert Arenas, when he was with the Washington Wizards, had a, his Agent Zero blog, where it was like unfiltered, like stream of consciousness, like from his brain. It was amazing access into one of the NBA's great scorers at the time. So Baron Davis, who um, has a studio, he, he, he made a documentary called Bloods and Crips, which is amazing. But he's like, he went to high school with like... Um, with uh, uh, Angelina Jolie, like yeah. he comes, he, and I can't remember the name of the, maybe it's like Hollywood High or whatever. He, anyway, 
So Baron Davis and Chris Bosch had challenged each other to make these videos. Right. So um, there was like an issue that you know, they, they put out these videos on YouTube, say, hey, we're going to do like six of these videos this year. So the first one, so Bosch and his, and his crew uh, spoke to us at, at the score. I'm like, okay, we're going to help them make these videos. And the first one we made was like this Kung Fu-esque video where Bosch was gonna beat the crap out of Baron Davis. Uh-huh. So then you, so we're at this boxing gym in like Parkdale or something, and then you walk Saint in. Claire and Dufferin. Is that where it was? Yeah. So you walk in, and then you had a beard, like Baron Davis had a beard at the time, <laughs> and then you were our Baron Davis, so then Bosch was doing this, you know, he was, he was, he was you know, miming, you know, like you're speaking uh, Japanese or Chinese or something, and then, you know, there's, I, can't, I, I was trying to find the video on YouTube yesterday, I, I couldn't find it, I gotta call one of my friends to see if I can, I can get it and post it somewhere. But it, so that was the first time that I saw you, and uh, you were playing Baron Davis in the video, and, <laughs> and Bosch like kicks your butt. And in the video, I'm like sweeping up in yeah. the in the gym. I'm yeah. like the, you know, you know, got the dry mop and just cleaning up. Yeah, but I that was that. that was my my first time. And and uh, and I don't think anything ever happened with those videos. I don't think they ever like Bosch released that one, and I'm not even sure if, if Baron Davis like released a response. But they were supposed to do six that year, and right. It didn't happen. Bosch actually went on to do a bunch of videos. He was like one of the, he's part of that group and one of the first athletes to embrace his digital presence. He used to review gadgets. Yeah. He used to have like Chris Bosch TV and do like these characters. Like he was, he was kind of, uh, he was out there as far as um, you know, doing loved, character stuff. He it's loved, like, like he loved just making anything, you know, anything with a comedic tone to it. You know, he was always trying to be funny and whatnot. Yeah. I, shout out to Chris Bosch, man. People always get on him, but he was, um, he was a good friend of mine. Or, yeah, it was a good friend of mine while he was here, and um, yeah, I still got. How know. did you meet Chris? Chris Bosch. How did I meet Chris Bosch? Um, I feel like at that point in my life, all I met all the Raptors at some point, um, because I was like the party guy. So people would be like, "Yo, hit up T Rex if you want to go to a party." Like he knows where all the hottest parties are, and um, the hottest party favors and whatnot. So I was. Yeah, I think that's how I met Chris. And then, like, who did you form close relationships with, athletes-wise? Because uh, Vince... people ask me that same question because I am with, like with athletes all the time. Yeah. But you was throwing parties. It's like it's like a different dynamic because I'm doing things on TV. Right. And then you know we might hang out afterwards, but generally our transaction is for the TV. And right. Yours is in a different way. Yeah, my jeez, uh, man, oh man, some of my favorite, like some of my favorites. I guess the closest I've been with, um, definitely Vince Carter. Um, I used to run a basketball camp called Concrete Hoops, which we did here in Toronto. We ran the camp also in Brazil and Africa and whatnot. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. Well, let's know of my did, life. Okay, but tell me about that. Like, get get into this camps, and then I want to. I definitely want to hear about Brazil because okay. I'm fascinated with uh, this woman on Instagram named yeah. Gracie M. Barbosa. It's not a myth. It's not a myth, player. You haven't even seen who I'm talking about. This 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 woman's b- body is ridiculous yeah. and I know that's an overused expression but it actually is Ugh. on Instagram it's it's gra official and I messed this up the other day on, on my guy Mondays but it's G-R-A-O-F-I-C-I-A-L okay. Gracie Ann Barbosa all she does is post workout pics She's and her 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 lower half is like she could do squats for days Jeez. Miley Cyrus, shout out. Oh, uh, no, no. Miley Cyrus, <laughs> come on. What's wrong? Miley Cyrus is the opposite Yo, of this woman. Okay, wait. Vince Carter. 
Yeah. Uh, that was my homie. So, like, the reason why I brought up the basketball camps is because I was working for him. I was working for the Vince Carter Basketball Academy, running his basketball camps. And after, like, two or three years of coaching his camps, I was doing my own, and uh, he would— so what year? What years are this? Is this like two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five? Yeah, this is like where? Back. Which? Uh, this is about. This is no. I moved back to Toronto in 03. So this is definitely 03, definitely 04, 05. Was like, I think uh, I think he left in 06, yeah. I think if I can remember correctly. But he would um he would donate pretty much everything from his camp so that we had uh, Gatorade balls like basketballs for the kids to like keep and take home like he was so good to us and um him and i during his camp what we would do is um at the end of the day me and him would have a dunk contest yeah i saw i would be you could dunk yeah i played ncaa basketball what do you mean where oh my goodness i played my freshman year at a juco in texas what was it called frank phillips college okay and um and guy then, aren't you like six one I'm I'm six two and I, and I, and I <laughs> you're six two in the program. You're not. Six, I'm six two in the program. It, it, That's it, what I go by. So, <laughs> I, hey, I've been saying in socks that. in socks. You're like five eleven and a half. Yeah, no. I, see, and then then I did um, and then I transferred to a school a D two in Michigan called Hillsdale. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, I, I can hoop. Okay. Yeah. So like at the end of the day, me and Vince would always do this dunk contest because I could put my elbows in the rim. I could do really? The, yeah, oh, I, I mean, do, you have like crazy hops. Yeah, yeah. I could do like like the, Steve Francis hops. Remember yes, that dude could fly. That's my, that's my dude. That's my dude. I, I graduated from a high school in Baltimore, Maryland. So Steve Francis is my guy. Like my. I, they won it. What in uh, nine in two thousand? Did they win? No, know. no. That was Juan Dixon and Steve Blake. Sorry, oh, sorry, Ronnie. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my boy too. Um, but. Yeah, no, so me and Vince had a really, really um, good relationship. He, even when he moved to New Jersey, um, my partner, Lo, from One Love T.O., he, he would always take care of Lo. Lo went down there and coached the camps out there. Um, yeah, like, even to this day, like, if we want to go to, like, a, a Brooklyn Nets game, one of his guys is still affiliated with it, so we're good. Like, we get tickets. Vince is, Vince is my guy. Uh, I, I like Vince a lot. We partied together. We worked together. He donated a whole bunch of stuff to, like, What's your relationship like now? Oh, I haven't talked to him in a minute. But what's a minute? Like, like years. Yeah. Like how many years? Uh, like five, last, six. No, actually, no, no, no. The last time I spoke to him was, like, even like even via text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time I spoke to him was probably about a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, but he's he's cool people. We just you know we're different routines. It's, yeah, you know he's over there doing his thing. I'm out here doing my thing. So Vince Carter, uh, Chris Bosh. Who else have you become close to? close with uh amir johnson of course right um he he's he's were dope. you there that day when him and drake and bieber ran hoops at the air Canada center yeah so you were part of that like in were, the cut right were you but were you with like were you with amir that night or were you with drake that night when no, i was with drake that night and then he's like hey man let's just go run some hoops well yeah I think how did it happen uh who put that together i want to say shout out to maybe hottie for putting that together uh, Hottie from One Method. He's, I think, because he uh, he rolls real tight with Amir. Yeah. He's also really good friends with Drake. Are you one of those dudes that always has like a pair of sneakers like in your car in if for those car? Or I mean, I, you probably wear kicks a lot, but you can't. I mean, you're wearing Jordan Fives right now, but you wouldn't actually. You wouldn't hoop in those. No, absolutely. Those are those are for just absolutely for, positively not. No. So, but are you one of those dudes that always has like just well, in case? My, condo, my condo's right downtown. At that at that point that night i lived upstairs i lived oh on, that's right yeah. By the, okay yeah i lived on top of the air canvas yeah that yeah night, yeah so okay that was one of those ones but 
Yeah, there's been there's been lots of cool nights uh, in that gym. You know, me playing one on one versus J Cole. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, what other cool nights? Shout out to Born Center. I I was just having Such a conversation a with a uh, a friend of mine last night, and she was at uh, she went to the Red Bull Three Style. Which okay. Is, yeah. So Three Style for those of you guys who don't know, it's like a DJ battle, a DJ competition, which Red Bull has these events all over the world. And last night there was one in Toronto, and um, and I was telling her how I still I I. I still rate J. Cole's record as the best of 2013. Because uh, he was, and and I have listened to uh, Nothing Was the Same, Drake's, Drake's record, and they're yeah, both man. very introspective and they both admit their faults. But I feel like on J. Cole's album, the first like six songs, he's like apologizing to his girlfriend for being a dirtbag. And I'm like, <laughs> that takes a lot of courage to just air out your business for the world to know. Yeah. And Drake does it as well, not to the same kind of detail, not to one specific person, but Drake is also he's very in tune with showing us his flaws just as it and just and actually just like say, hey, he plugs into his heart. And then, you know, th through that, it comes through the mic and then we get to, you know, experience part of part of his life. But also, you know, because music is a soundtrack of our lives. We right. we we relate it to our own lives. And Drake is very relatable on that sense as far as his vulnerability goes and his emotions go and all that sort of thing. Okay, the J. Cole record, I'm just going to put you on the spot. Where do you rate it in, in this year as far as hip-hop albums go? Born uh, Sinner. Uh, third. Third. Okay. So then what is what what is the silver medal? Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Okay. I think Kendrick came out in 2012. I think. Sure? I think. I should know that. But I feel like... Uh, but I, I'm not entirely sure, but okay. So, but either way, okay, in this, we'll say this music cycle, okay, Kendrick Lamar, and then what's number one? <laughs> Nothing was the same. Come on, you're too close to it, though. Nah. You can't be objective. I'll tell you why. Okay, so for people who don't know, you have this. Okay, might as well get into it now. Okay, but right. Tell me why Nothing Was the Same is the best album of 2013 for you. Uh, Nothing Was the Same, definitely best album of the year because... So far, because we haven't heard Big Sean's and we haven't heard Eminem's. And um, Andre 3000, oh, his is 2014, but yeah. sorry, keep going. Um, Yeah, okay, so for me, uh, so far, um, with uh, Drake's new album, it's... The reason why I love it so much is because we're. We, this comes at a time. This album comes out at a time where, um, and I, or I don't know how we forgot about the Magna Carta, but um, Magna Carta is not in the top five. <clears throat> no, it, it, it's it's there. You gotta listen. Okay, well then yeah. let's let's argue about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> but I think that this album, this September twenty fourth release, came at a time where everyone, like, even not even just hip hop. For the last couple of years, it, it's been sort of hip-hop sort of Achilles heel whereas now it's everybody's problem where they have to have all these collaborations on your album it's a it's a common question to ask well who's on the album oh I've got this person featured this person featured this person I got featured, two chains I got Big Sean yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, two chains is like the feature king yeah so, every, so everybody does that now like even if you go like you know if you go to Miley Cyrus or or, or Katy Perry or whoever everybody's got all these collaboration collaborations and these features um on their album and that's cool but I, and I think it's cool especially when there's like this mix of genres of music and mm -hmm. there's a fusion that's cool however the reason why I rate and respect and admire and uh, love this album so much is because in a time where that's what's hot that's what's going on this man has like three features so he, he, he brought it back to the basics he brought it back to the basics and he brought it back to the basics of who he is right um, as an artist so a lot of people are like oh I like him better when he sings I like him better when he raps but he did what he felt like doing on this album which is a bit of both 
you know so there's some songs where he's he's rapping all of a sudden he breaks into a a, a dope harmony or, or you know and i love it because i feel like he talks about so many different things the subject matter the subject matter is like the range of the subject matter on this album is is so crazy that there's something for everyone on this album to to connect to to relate to and um yeah, and especially at a time where everybody just wants to hate. Everybody just wants to be like, nah, nah, it wasn't that good. Take Care was better. It's like, nah, come on, listen to the album again. Say that again. So which which songs on this record are the ones that you really re- that you relate to or the ones that speak to you? Do oh, man. Okay, you know so other- it keeps changing every day. It's so crazy. Like, okay, first it was, because I'm the party guy. I like to party. It was 305 to my city. So I was just like, oh, my God. 305 to my city and I was just like going nuts right <laughs> uh, Howard I still love that song but then I started um, everybody was talking about the language and and what he's saying in there and what he's talking about it's like it's just crazy and he's just talking about like now you're speaking my language and I, I just love the way he played that um, and you know it's just it's just something that everybody says every day like yeah now you're, now you're talking my language now you're speaking my language you know that kind of thing Okay. but you take that and you just you explore it a little further in terms of like what that means that's something that like you know you just say without much thought and he put some thought into it and turned it into a, a great song and uh, provokes a lot of different thought for you i love connect that's probably the song that i connect to the most um uh, there's a line where he says um you were supposed to learn how to l- learn to love people and use things not the other way around and i was like Oh yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty, yeah. Alrighty then. You know, um, I love uh, furthest thing, and he when he's talking about, um, you know, he's he's the furthest thing from perfect. Right. That that I feel is very vulnerable. Like and that's a yeah. He was like, oh, I'm the furthest. He's I'm the furthest thing from perfect. Like everyone like I know. Everyone I know. Yes. Yeah. I was just listening to that last yeah, night. I love that. And and that song is produced by uh, a kid here in Toronto from Scarborough. That who. Uh, Hagler Tyrant. He's on. His name is Hagler Tyrant on um, on Twitter and on um, Instagram. But that just changed that kid's life. That kid is a kid that I've known for a couple years now. And he's just been working, 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 just making these beats. And Drake fell in love with the beat. I, I don't even really know the story as to how it came about, but it don't matter to me. I'm so happy just to see that kid on there. And like, uh, hold on, we're going home. The the newest act on OVO, which is Maja Jordan. Um, these two kids are from the producers. No, nah, Majid's a singer. Oh, I thought Jordan they produced the track. Jordan's a producer. Majid's a singer on it. Oh, so okay. You've seen them perform on Ellen DeGeneres and a couple other shows lately, and you see Majid actually performing. And in the new video for Hold On, We're Going Home, you see Majid as well in there. Um, he's just a great person and a great talent. So I'm just so happy that for him to finally get his shine and be a part of this album. And, and there's so much Canadian talent on there. And, and the thing that I love about it is, remember what I'm saying? He. There's no, there's hardly any collabs. There's yeah, Jay Z's on the album. Yeah, Pound Cake. Um, and then and uh, is there a name Janae? Oh yeah, that's oh my that's gosh. my favorite song called From Time. From Time. That's my Ooh. that's my favorite song on the record. That's that, the one that I play. That song is heavy. I can't I can't sing and I'm terrible, but that's like that's my favorite song. That that's was... for some reason that's the one that I I connect and to. It, it'll change the more you listen to it. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it's just there's just lines in there that that you pick up or every time you listen to it, you're just like, oh. And the the Wu Tang song is pretty dope. It's oh, yours. Yeah. That's like that's like that's. Oh, what about too much? 
too much yet. Yeah. Like this, yeah. come on, there's no. Honestly, all those people I just mentioned, they're all getting Grammys this year because the, that album was a <laughs> Grammy award winning album. Okay, so what what is the origin of your guys' relationship? Uh, myself and Drake. Yeah, for uh, we're friends. Uh, we're yeah, friends but how did from, it start? How did we meet? We met like you were throwing parties at the. Yeah, this is exactly how I met. Uh, this is how I met Drake too. Uh, I think he was probably a bit young to be in the club, maybe. Probably. Maybe even, but you know, um, this is like his Degrassi days. Like so, wait, the so, end of his so far days. gone came out in 08, right? Yeah, Ish? no, nine, oh nine, oh nine. And then what was the what was the what was the first big what was the mixtape that blew up like on the blo- the one before so far? There was one- no, it was so far gone that really really took him to right, like, yeah, to with that like level. successful he- best I ever had, like those big ones, yeah. Um, but there was oh, room for improvement. The, was it the Underground Kings? Room for improvement. Room for improvement. Excuse me. Yeah. Room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys just met at the. Do you remember comeback season even? Oh yeah, maybe that was it. Comeback season. Yeah. No, I mean when comeback season was when comeback season came out, um, like well, they were, I helped put the CDs into the little cases. Oh, actually? Yeah. No, this is my like this is my people. These are my peoples. Day one. Like me and Forty used to share an office together. Where? At the Remix Project. Ah, so yeah. tell so p- tell people what the remix project is. All right, so the remix project is um, basically uh, it's a, it's a program for youth, and there's a few different academies within the remix project. You have the Academy of Business, uh, the uh, Creative Arts Academy, and then the the Music Academy. And what it is is you work with these youth uh, from six to nine months on um, on their plan. So first, you start off with like a six month plan. You figure out where exactly they are, uh, what the, where their interests lie, and what kind of help they're looking for. And um, you create this six-month plan with them, and you teach them the fundamentals of whatever, like, you know, whatever their field is. So I used to run the business program there. So I would teach them, you know, just basic business fundamentals, like even if it was just like grant writing or registering their business or, um, you know, just even simple research skills, like depending on where that the, the young person was and where exactly they wanted to go. So our, thing, our big thing was teaching them short-term goals and using those as sort of like stepping stones for, to reach their long-term goals. So, so this, was, this is an office where youth like, and we're, we're talking like kids that uh, don't come from the best situations, right? Yeah, kids no. that are like at risk. Some of them were at risk, but other, others are, well, just didn't have these outlets to, right. to grow creatively. The pri- the, what's listed as the priority neighborhoods and whatnot, cool. Because the reason why I, I kind of like flinched when you said at risk, because I feel like in, in all my years of working with youth, and I've put in a lot of time of working with these youth, um, I feel like any young person, no matter how much money uh, their parents may have in their bank account or lack thereof, whatever their situation is, whether they live in an affluent neighborhood or in the hood, um, any young person that doesn't have direction is at risk. Okay, I agree. So I agree. Um, but yeah, so we work with these amazing kids, and um, so and it also so also at the office, Gavin is Gavin is like the the force behind. What's Gavin's last name again? Shepard. Gavin Shepard is one of the forces behind the Remix Project. I know uh, Drex. What's Drex's real name? Derek Jankar. Derek <laughs> Jankar, because I only know his name. And then Brian Brock, one yes. of your collaborators on One Love To. And does does Giancarlo work? Yeah, with, Lowe uh, runs the, uh, the my old program, the Academy of Business. Okay, so like those 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 are the those Which are some. You'd be happy to know that he's now expanded uh, what I started, and he's expanded to now it's sport business as well. 
Oh, he has. Yeah, nice. yeah. You should talk to him about it. I should. I should. I, I definitely need some. I need some direction in my own life. No, no, I didn't mean like that. I meant more. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even mentor kidding. Mentor I'm not for even some kidding. Young people. Okay, so you guys. Okay, so so uh, forty or Noah. Noah Shabib, aka Forty. He. So you and him shared an office. Was just Noah working on the music? Yeah. So Academy. We, yeah. Noah was running. Noah is Drake's main producer, engineer, the 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 magician behind the beautiful sound of each mixtape and uh, album that's come out. And um, yeah, so him and I used to run the used, I I ran the business program. He ran the music program. And uh, yeah, there's been a lot of beautiful things that have come from from that time in our lives where we used what to, what what year what year is this? Like what? we're talking about like uh, oh. 07, 08, 09, those couple years were like magical. Future the Prince. Uh, the Drake's DJ? Drake's DJ, also Drake's manager now. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, Future the Prince was in my program trying to uh, basically get some support for the business behind his DJing at ah. that point. Yeah, so there's a lot There's a lot that has come from that. Hagler, who I mentioned that uh, produced um, From Time, I mean, uh, for this thing, yeah, remix participant that was in Forty's program. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot. There's a there's a lot. So wait, that's a that's like a that's like a uh, you know the uh, Babylonian garden of like of creativity. <laughs> like you guys are just fl- uh, have all these young people flourishing into you know these beautiful artists in various ways, whether it's uh, music or it's. Uh, uh, art or if it's business it's yeah, the we, remix project we have a lot of um we we have a lot and, and you know and, and like and and for like the sports fans or people from toronto like dave boland a lot of his charitable family yeah a lot of his charitable efforts which which people wouldn't generally associate with dave boland because he's such a gritty hockey player but his his uh his um, yearly uh, golf tournament, uh-huh. a, a big part of the proceeds goes to the Remix Project. Yeah. Uh, it speaks to what you guys do as One Love To Yo as a brand, right. which is just like you're taking all these different elements and you're fostering creativity and you're just celebrating the, the you know, positivity uh, and and creativity through, you know, all these different channels. So shout yeah. out to you. Thank you. I don't mean to get so melodramatic. Okay, let's just talk about girls. Oh, Let's do it. <laughs> wait, but wait, hold up. Before we get to, before we get into the girls, okay. Um, I just want to like people to understand, like, no matter where you're from, it doesn't really matter if if you're from Toronto or not. There's there's a message within what we're doing with with One Love To that I feel is applicable to anybody wherever you are, um, because the idea is subscribing to a mentality where you realize the benefits in. A real cultural exchange not just like not just in a situation where you're just tolerating people like oh yeah yeah i know that black guy i know i know this, this <laughs> i know this uh this jewish kid like i know um yeah i don't really eat indian food i I've, i know you could get it though like, it, <laughs> like instead of shout out to butter chicken and nan bread oh a lot of mercy it's so good uh. but like for us it's like we want to show people we want to highlight the benefits of an actual exchange um because instead of shying away from things you embrace them. Once you embrace them, you start to learn so much more. And I feel like we 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 learn these things at a very young age with show and tell. You know, you might know, know little Nicole or little Andrew in your classes. You know, as a friend of yours in class. But as soon as show and tell came around, you're like, oh, I didn't know your grandfather was in the war. Right. 
oh, I didn't know that you guys did this as a family. Oh, I didn't know anything about that. And you start to learn, as you, as you learn more about individuals, you also get to learn more about the world. And as you learn more about the world and you start to share, and there's actually this exchange, because that's to me is like the most beautiful thing is when there's an actual exchange. Once you get to that, like, I mean, it's endless of where your knowledge and your experiences can go from there. So that's really where the uh, the idea of One Love TO is just celebrating the diversity of, of our city and um, and embracing that and sharing that with the world. So that's what One Love TO is. We just talk, we show off, basically we're just showing off Toronto through fashion, through music, through community initiatives, um, food, all that. And one way that you guys have uh, shown off Toronto, which I've shown off to many girls that I've brought to your parties. True. You guys have what was called the shuffle party. Oh, yeah. So the shuffle party, and I've explained this to so, I brought so many different people to your shuffle party. So basically the concept is this, to my understanding. You guys have a couple of DJs, and the DJs play the music as though you're listening to an iPod shuffle. So there's so many varieties of genres of music and the tempos of the music. So it's like, it's like a pretty insane party. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's having a good time. You're on the mic. And, you know, I know it started at Revival and then it moved uptown, like to Midtown. Um, and, like, honestly, probably, and Justin Mulligan is, is one of my, yeah. Justin Mulligan and RT are two of my road dogs. Shout out to Devo Brown and RJ Andrews, who are also, also part of the, the, the crew that we've taken, that we go to these shuffle parties. But honestly, we've probably taken over 150 different girls to your parties. And they're, it's always the last Friday of the month. Yes. So it's only 12 times a year. Yes. So like we've exposed so many different people to the essentially the One Love T.O. experience through right. these shuffle parties. Yeah. So thank you. You're and uh, and shout out to Arthur. And so Justin Mulligan did this, <laughs> and he's on. Uh, he appears on My Guy Monday sometimes. There's like this big cup. It's like, and the bowl is bigger than the Stanley Cup. It's like... Um, I don't know. It's like, uh, I, I'm, it's like, it's probably like twice the size of the bowl of the Stanley Cup, and then all kinds of beverages. Let's say right. go into this bowl, Ad, and then adult, adult beverages. Adult beverages go into this bowl, mm -hmm. and it's usually punctuated by a whole lot of Red Bull. And I, got, I always make sure I'm the first <laughs> to get in because yeah. I've, I've drank from the Stanley Cup, right? And the first time I drank from the Stanley Cup, I made a mistake. What? This is the mistake that I made. It was when the Detroit Red Wings were celebrating in 2008. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm in the dressing room, and there are like 100 dudes in this dressing room. There are so many dudes. There's a team, there's friends and family, the coaches, the PR staff, and then just media. Right. And by the time the Stanley Cup comes around to me, and it was Chris Osgood, who was the goaltender for the Detroit Red Wings at the time, we had formed a great relationship, and he asked me if I wanted to drink from the Stanley Cup. I'm like, of course. I have no business drinking from the Stanley Cup because right. I put in absolutely zero work for this privilege. Right. He pours some liquor into the thing, to some beer into the cup. He hoists it to my mouth, and I drink from it. But, but Tyrone, I didn't, I didn't wipe the rim. So after 100 dudes... Oh had been drinking from Lord Stanley's cup. Uh, then I go and put my lips, which have no business being on that cup, uh, on the cup. Uh, so that is a, so then mono. I was. that's how you get mono. <laughs> that's how you get a lot of things. Uh, and so I was reminded afterwards by a guy named Darren McCarty, 
McCarty's like, Cappy, did you drink from the cup? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. Did you wipe the rim first? I'm like, no, no. And he's like, come on, bro. Or, come on, bud. You got to wipe the rim first. It's like you're making out with the whole room. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was so worried, that. so worried for the next few days. Uh, but everything uh, worked out okay. But so anyway, so this cup at the shuffle parties, it has this bowl. And uh, and I want to thank you for uh, for that. So, um, okay, so one omission to your list of the best, the top three records of 2013 is Yeezus. Oh, and geez. did you how did I forget? Did you see or listen to the interview with <laughs> Kanye and Zane Lowe, the BBC One interview? All right, so I caught onto this a little bit late, so I didn't actually see the entire uh, the BBC interview. I just saw a clip okay. of it. Yeah, um, Kanye however. was being Kanye, and it was glorious. Yeah, I, you know what? The, here's the thing: like that's the Kanye that I'm used to. know by now, it doesn't shock me. Right. The things that he was saying were were new, and were nuts but excuse me but it was Kanye that, that's what I like do you okay Kanye always this is one thing that some I guess some people rub some people the wrong way I guess I'll get your opinion on it he asserts his greatness so Kanye want, tell, tells everybody how great he is and what <laughs> reminds everybody how great he is right. but by telling people you're great it doesn't necessarily mean you're great no do how do you feel about that <sighs> and does that take away from his perceived or actualized greatness? I think that if he wasn't great and still used this approach, um, he w- nobody would even nobody would even hear him. Right, it wouldn't ring true. The only reason why he gets away with this stuff is because he is great. Um, he's not a god, as he says. <laughs> he's not Tupac, as, <laughs> as he says. Um, he is probably one of the biggest rock stars on the planet right now. He, said, he says he is the biggest. Yeah, I, I will say he is probably one of them. Um, in in the essence of what a rock star is, he kind of, yeah, he kind of is. You know, when someone's uh, a genius. Genius and, or insane. Genius, genius insanity. Or, yeah, and, and, and also, like, just being not normal. He's, he's not a normal person. He's, like, this super artistic person that comes off as nuts because that's, really what he is at times but you know Kanye can say whatever he wants and I just take it with a grain of salt uh, after the BBC interview with Zane Lowe was posted on YouTube you can you can hear the full it's a full hour conversation Zane Lowe gets all the biggest artists in in music he's amazing like he's like the only guy that Frank Ocean talks to is right. Zane Lowe like it's him and then Tim Westwood is the other guy in the UK who also gets huge artists to come by his show right so in this, uh, so after that airs and Kanye has a bunch of quotables like uh, of the rock stars, I'm the biggest one. I know how to make perfection. He says a bunch of things. So then Jimmy Kimmel spoofed this interview with Zane Lowe using these two like eight year old actors, these kids. Right. There's a there's, and uh, and they're both and it's hilarious because they're both drinking milkshakes. So like they're so then Kanye <laughs> got wind of this and Kanye saw it yesterday and then Kanye went. He just he just had he was heated to yeah. say the least on on Twitter. Everything was in caps. All is you just like eviscerating Jimmy Kimmel, saying that uh, 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 Sarah Silverman was funnier and that Jimmy Kimmel hadn't had good mm in a while. And, and he looked uh, like SpongeBob. Yeah, he looked like Sponge. And he, he just, does look like SpongeBob. Well, <laughs> that so, picture that he that Kanye tweeted about uh, Kimmel. Yeah. 
was so funny because he kind of did the, the the SpongeBob SquarePants picture look like Jimmy Kimmel. So here's the thing. So like, I, I guess because Jimmy Kimmel had him and his writing staff pranked all of North America with that greatest twerk fail video where the girl is dancing. It's like 37 seconds. She falls onto a glass table. She sets herself on fire. It was later revealed that she was a, a stunt woman. So like that just happened a week ago. Right. Okay. So then, so, so then this just comes out of nowhere. So I am a little bit skeptical. I'm thinking like this could be a prank. And if it was, if it is a prank, then it's well orchestrated. But how do you see it? There's, I don't think this is a prank. Um, I, I really don't think it's a prank. Jimmy Kimmel is not due for another prank. <laughs> um, he he got us all really good with that one. Like I didn't. Even, there was no way I thought that, that twerking video was a prank. Me too. I, was I thought like, it was one hundred percent real. One hundred percent real. And so he's not due for another prank. Also, um, Kanye, Kanye's sensitive, and he he thought that him and Jimmy Kimmel were kind of friends. And and Jimmy Kimmel's trying to like he plays this position right now. He's taking this position where he's you know, like, hey, man, Kanye, why are you so upset? But really, like, he, he went at Kanye more so before he, like, when he was just standing there talking, um, setting up the video. Right, yeah. He was going at Kanye even worse. Than yeah, because he said Kanye called him, and then yeah. Kanye said you have two options to either apologize publicly or right. or that was basically his only option. No, but he was like, oh, he's like, there was a an interview with on BBC with Kanye, and he says that, you know, he's the, the greatest rock star on the planet. Yeah, I guess whatever planet he's living on. Right. Like, yeah. That's so that, where I that's felt. another shot. Yes. I, yes. Yes. I'm not even too. Like, I don't even think Kanye's worried about the video. The video's not even that funny with the two kids. That's all right. It's yeah. cool. It's I like, thought it was funny. I thought it's, it was funny. it's cool. But it, whatever. But it's not as funny as the the setup. Right. What he said in that minute or minute and a half leading up to sh- airing that video for the first time on his show, that was that was funny. See, I, I guess I mean yes, he is sensitive, and I guess. You know, it's an endearing quality to be to be self-deprecating. Right. For instance, Justin Bieber just earned a thousand points because he did that video with Zach Galifianakis on Funny or Die right. just yesterday or two mm-hmm. days ago. And Zach Galifianakis takes so many shots at Bieber in a Zach Galifianakis way, and Bieber just takes it. But Bieber understands that, hey, like, that I can make fun of myself too, and by... Galifianakis taking these shots at him it's like okay like we see that you have a humorous side even though you've been acting a little immature right. recently that's still endearing I, Kanye doesn't possess that no not at all and which um, he's the furthest thing from perfect like everyone I know <laughs> no, but here's the thing like that's Kanye's biggest thing the Kanye's biggest thing is he has he's never understood the concept of exercising humility you know what I mean like, that's true that's your humility yeah that is not it's, uh, it's not at this point it's not what he can do like and it's it's annoying but like I don't know if you like his music or whatever you kind of just like ignore the rest of the stuff <laughs> or, or just take it for, you take it for entertainment so yeah that's true that is you true know, you take it for entertainment because like it, it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with all of the things that he proclaims you know it's like who cares is it is it interesting that that he calls himself he wants to be michael jackson or he calls himself like the next michael jackson but michael jackson was maybe the most humble superstar ever yeah, it's, it's like silly. michael jackson was he like called himself Pac. Tupac, that I'm more. I'm, I'm just like what? 
I don't get it. What's the correlation between you and Tupac? Um, I think recently I read that uh, because uh, Tupac was, he had a F the world attitude, which mm-hmm. Kanye embraces, but also Tupac uh, spoke on um, issues of, of uh, consciousness, like uh, Brenda's got a baby, mm-hmm. um, uh, dear mama. Like he was introspective, but also cared about his people. Mm-hmm. And Kanye is, you know, a big part of that interview with Zane Lowe, he was saying that like, you know, race is still an issue in these high art circles. I went to Fendi with a, a let. Oh yeah. And that was another thing he said. <laughs> he said, I went to Fendi six years ago. Uh, uh, Virgil and I, Virgil is, uh, the, the the brand manager for Donda and, and like his artistic director or whatever, um, with a with a black leather pant six years ago and they rejected and they kept touring it down. How many dudes you see walking around right now with a black leather pant? Justin Bieber for one. Mm-hmm. So um, Tyrone. So so you do you wear a black leather pant? Yeah. Are you kidding? Hundred percent. What do you mean, black leather jogging suit pant? <clears throat> it's just a style. Of the, it's just a cut. It's not actual. Like it's obviously not. So like, but it's like kind of MC Hammerish. Oh no, not I don't wear those ones. With like the low crotch. Nah, I don't do that. Oh, okay, because Justin yeah. Bieber rocks that. Oh yeah, the drop that. crotch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Kanye. Do you like beefs in general? Like when you see public beefs, like uh, okay, so right now it's, it's Jimmy Kimmel versus Kanye West, and I hope I hope that Con- Jimmy Kimmel can get Kanye on his show at some point. I'm sure they're working on it. It might take two years to do it, but yeah. maybe. But okay, so <laughs> how do, are you? Are you you know when when beefs? Okay, you're do. Uh, I don't want to bring that one up. Yeah, no. Okay, yeah. But uh, do you, do you, the latest well, one that's I think fabricated is this one with Dwayne Wade and Kevin Durant. Yeah, I see. I don't know too much about that one. So, I won't lie. So Kevin Durant was interviewed by some guy on some uh, on a on a news cycle, a sports channel that people hadn't really heard. So he was there to promote what he's doing with Degree. Okay. And the interviewer asked asked him about SI's recent poll about the top ten basketball players in the league. On this top ten, uh, you know, Kevin Kevin was number two, LeBron was number one, Kobe was number nine. Kobe was number nine. Kobe was number nine. All right, this Dwayne list, Wade. This list is obviously wrong. Okay, wait. So Dwayne Wade. I wish I could. Can I tell your Kobe story? Okay, no, I can't. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shout out to Kobe Bryant. That's another good <laughs> friend of mine. Shout out to Kobe, the man. Yeah, I'm a card carrying member of Team Kobe Bryant. So um, he's the man. So then, so then, uh, the interview was like, "Well, who's off this list?" And then Kevin Durant's like, "Well, James Harden needs to be on that list." And he's like, "Okay, well, if James James Harden should be in that top ten. Then who comes out?" And he goes, "Dwayne Wade." Wow. So and Dwayne Wade was on. Dwayne Wade was at the number eight. So then Dwayne Wade, once he caught wind of that, he he put out a uh, he took a he wrote a handwritten letter about having basically saying that he's gonna have to show the league to respect him again, and he and he put it on Instagram, and then Kevin Durant tweeted, "Show me, don't tell me, don't tweet me." So so that so that sparked for a couple of days ago for people like oh, but here's the thing, huh? In a Gatorade commercial, maybe eight months ago. There was this uh, campaign about it was I don't know if it was called the nightmare, but in the, in the commercial, Kevin Durant's playing and he gets blocked by Dwayne Wade at the rim. Kevin Durant wakes up out of a nightmare. The same commercial goes the other way. Dwayne Wade's playing gets blocked at the rim by Kevin Durant or something like that, and then he wakes up out of his nightmare. So they they have an affiliation with Gatorade. So because you know like 
the public's been duped so many times. We're now all the conspiracy theorists among right, us playfully course. are like, is there something behind this? So people have been theorizing that this is uh, a ploy from uh, by Gatorade. I could see this one being a ploy. I hope it isn't because Dwayne Wade is one of my favorite basketball players of all time. And I think there's. He's 32 now, though, and he's like, he's lost his step. Yeah, I know. I, I get that. But, like, just saying, like, I, I love Dwayne Wade. Like, if anybody I've always wanted to, you know, from when he was at Marquette, like, just modeled my game after, just like, that. other than Kobe, it's Dwayne Wade. Shout and, out to D Wade. He's, he's a, he was one <coughs> he's of my first g- best interviews. So, you know what? I wouldn't mind if this was a ploy because that means he's still getting that Gatorade check. So, shout out to. <laughs> To, uh, I wish Wade. it wasn't though. I, you know, because you know who wins. It's like even if even if Dwayne Wade takes the L or if Durant takes the L, mm-hmm. the audience wins. Of course, sports fans win. Of course, and I think I think a little a little NBA beef just to get ready for this new season. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. What did you make of the beef? I know this is an old topic now, but Kendrick Lamar versus all of hip hop. What does that mean? All of that. It means it means that Kendrick Lamar was my um or is my second favorite rapper um for 2013 2012 like I just his I, album Good Kid Mad City was number two for you yeah just even him as a person too like I mean I like I interviewed him I interviewed him a little while ago and I interviewed him for probably like so say the the interview went for 15 minutes then I sat there and chatted with him for about an hour and 15 minutes. are you kidding yeah like my publicist was like hey we gotta we gotta go. We gotta go. His people are like, "Hey, we we kind of gotta go," and like we just sat there and talked about, um, we talked about race. We talked about uh, violence within um, black communities, like in the inner city, in different cities, and how they parallel and how we can learn from one another and how the stories need to be told to to to, to inform and empower. We talked about clothes. We Where talked were about, you guys? on the roof of this building, matter of fact. So we're here in downtown Toronto at the Much Music building, the Chum building, on that on that patio upstairs, yeah, on the know, fifth floor. On the fifth floor, on the patio. So the interview just went really cool, you know. Um, yeah, good good interview, you know. He yeah, was, but to get an hour but, but, more with yeah, someone, yeah. it's like almost impossible now. Yeah, I, I've, I've had, like I have some pretty good relationships in, in, the, in the whole hip hop industry with like, Drake, obviously, that's like Drake's my brother. Um, then you have J Cole. Me and J Cole, we play one on one anytime we see each other, no matter what city it is. Like it goes down. Um, Big Sean, that's the homie, because I, I went to school in Hillsdale, which is just outside of Michigan. So I already knew some of his boys. Like basically, like I went to school with, you know, like who I am to Drake is who that guy is. My boy um, Dub is to Big Sean. So we already connected from the beginning. Um, so like you know, I have some good relationships ASAP. That's my peoples but but i really from that one conversation i really really respected um kendrick lamar so when he came out with this 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 track i felt like i didn't i felt like he lost his cool literally um like he 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 was like the he is one of the coolest guys in the in the rap game to me but for that track, he lost his cool. And we're talking about the verse on Big Sean's song called Control, which also featured Jay Electronica. He also lost control. <laughs> 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 like, he went off. And, but really, like, really, what did he say? He he said a whole bunch of, like, intergalactic stuff at the beginning, like, whatever. And, and then he said, I mean, 
I love all y'all, but I'm really trying to go at Big Sean and Drake and da 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 and Jermaine Cole. He says Jermaine for, Cole. He gives his government whoever. name. And I thought that was, I didn't really like. We've heard rap beefs. That's not a. That's nothing to me. And everybody was like, "Yo, is your boy gonna respond?" And I was like, "Nothing was the same September 24th." <laughs> <laughs> That's how you responded. Nothing was the same since 24. That's it. Nothing what? was the same that day. Nothing when that came out. When that verse leaked. You know all that. That you know what? The only reason why I'm even mad at this, uh, at this Kendrick song, or uh, the verse on Big Sean's song, is because it made all the guys that thrive off of uh, that beef hip hop. They don't know how to make a good song. It it just brought them back out of the woodworks. And it was cool in some instances. Papoose and... Like, okay, so listening to Papoose is cool, but now that Papoose has 17 new tracks, I'm like, oh, thanks, Kendrick. <laughs> I don't want to hear uh, Papoose what's it, 17 uh, times. Cassidy. Yeah, same. Uh, I don't want to hear Cassidy 17 times. Cassidy and Papoose, they're good at those kind of songs. Cool. Joel Ortiz, that was cool. Love Joel Ortiz, though. That was cool, too. Love that dude. But, you know, there's just so many responses, and it's like, all right, he's not talking to you. He doesn't even know and who remember you it are. Came, and remember it became a thing of who wasn't mentioned. Yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah. Do, should you feel disrespected because you weren't mentioned by yeah, Kendrick like, Lamar? Because people love that stuff. People love the beef or whatever, but I honestly didn't feel like he said anything that crazy in that song. He didn't. Like, I, I don't feel like he disrespected anybody. He said, yo, I want your fan base. I want your core fans to forget about you. He's, you know, I'm, I'm, I like that. It was, it was, um. I feel like it was a call to action. Like, hey, hip hop's been, listen, I know we all love trap music, but like, it can't just be trap music. It can't just be we're not saying anything anymore. Right. I, and I think that Kendrick, who is um, a lyricist, he is. He's so dope. Um, I think. The best thing that probably came from that, from that whole song or that verse was really getting people to rap again. Right, and he, and one and one thing you mentioned like being a lyricist, and it's the great thing about hip hop right now. The biggest the biggest stars are the guys that actually are feeding your mind with isn't lyrics. Isn't that isn't this Kendrick, beautiful? Kendrick, J Cole, Drake, Kanye. I don't think Jay Z does that much anymore. Uh, which we can talk about the Magna Carta record. Uh, but those four guys who are like at the forefront of of hip hop and probably the most influential artists, maybe Jake J. Cole is not on the other guys' list, but and then M is about to drop. And then when Andre's record drops in 2014, like now we're talking. It, Andre 3000 is like is like what Louis C.K. is to comedians. Like the Louis C.K. is like the comedian's yes. comedian. Andre is like the rapper's rapper. Yeah, he, um, Andre 3000 is my dream interview. I've never interviewed him. Um, I've never met him. I I feel like you could for movie night, though, because he, he dabbles. Man, in... let me tell you. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so for movie night, um, obviously the new gig, and I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we're, we're about to have our, the TIFF, Toronto International Film Festival, and I know I'm about to be so busy, so I'm going through, like, okay, what interviews do I want? What movies am I screening? I'm, like, trying to get at it first, you know? Um, so... Andre's set to play Jimi Hendrix. That's right. Oh yeah, his the movie the movie screened here. Yeah. During TIFF. So I was like I was like, uh, is this actually happening? Like, am I gonna get a chance to interview RJ three thousand? Like and he didn't come. Oh yeah. I think uh I think my boy Ari saw that or uh oh that's too bad. That's where RT saw it. Ari and RT see like twenty or thirty movies during that ten day stretch. Like yeah. the only guys that I know that are about the movies mm. and not the scene. Yourself now included well, because included because I was 
I was at... So did you get to see the movie or no? No, I didn't screen that movie because it conflicted with the movie that I had to do an interview for. Which was what? Do you um, remember? Uh, for Rush. Oh, with uh, with Thor's brother. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Chris, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth. Probably... I think might have been my favorite movie of the entire festival. Actually, really? Yeah, man. Did you see the Mandela movie? I didn't. You didn't see that one? I but didn't. You... Again, okay, the thing is with the Toronto International Film Festival is that it's so big now. Huge. And there's so many movies, so many interview um, opportunities, like be it on the carpet or the junket interviews. Right. I wanted more junket interviews, just being, you know, for my style, whatever, even though I'm like the red carpet guy, I like because I, I'm new with this TV show, and I really want to, I really want to give this new show my all. So I really wanted to junk it. So I had to like really be strategic in terms of like what movies I got to watch. I didn't necessarily usually I would have just picked it based on like oh I really want to see this like, but I picked it also on like which ones I can get guaranteed junkets for, so I could make better TV. So when I when I am on movie night, it's like not only did I see this movie, I spoke to the. The, the director, I spoke to the actors and the actresses involved, and we and we're giving our viewers real access. So I kind of like, I took it for the team. <laughs> <laughs> but you can also see the movies later. Yeah, of course. So no, the no, opportunity to, to speak to the to the cast or the or the writers or the directors is obviously what you which you made the right decision because right. you have access to them right then. Right. And the movies you can have access to later. Yeah, exactly. So I've seen a lot of really cool movies uh, during the film festival. Um, but like I think Rush might have been my favorite. Man. Did you go to any of the parties? I, I got to get RT in here to tell the uh, talk about the the time he went. To, he went to the Thompson and he saw the movie Twelve Years a Slave, which is oh. Brad Pitt produced, and he was at the, a party with Brad Pitt. Yes, I was like, so did you see Brad? Pitt? He's like, yeah, he was like right there. I'm yeah. like, that's yeah. BP. He's like one of the kings of Earth. Yeah, who you're he, looking at Brad Pitt was Brad Pitt was he was he was in Toronto for a while this festival because I also seen him over on Dundas at this little restaurant. He just kind of snuck in. Ah, uh, I know the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. He, um, who, you know what was really cool during the film festival was uh, I did the red carpet for the Mandela. Um, last minute, I ended up doing the red carpet for Mandela, and I got a chance to talk to um, Idris Elba and Naomi Harris, who plays uh, Winnie Mandela in the movie, and. Uh, that night, we're at the WME party, uh, which is like this big agency. The William Morris, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'm there. I'm there with Matt Babel. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Matt Babel. Babel was on this podcast like two weeks ago. Okay, so shout out to Matt Babel. That's my homie. And we always do TIFF together because um, before I had any reason to be a part of TIFF, I would just be with him hanging out during all the TIFF festivities. <laughs> So now that like we end up on the same red carpets and like you know it's kind of come together like this, we I just hit him like yo where you at? All right, let's do it. You know, so we go to this party, we're jamming. You know, I'm two stepping. We're having a good time, and I'm like yo, this DJ is so good. I look over, it's Idris Elba DJ. Are you kidding? Yes. Oh, no. that's dope. I'm not kidding. This guy. So literally like two seconds after, I'm like, man, this DJ is really really good. Like, this DJ's got everybody dancing. And usually film festival parties, it's not necessarily like... No, it's, it's not. not a, it's more people a, aren't dancing. People are just standing around. Standing around. Staring at each who, other. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Drink some champagne. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but this party was different. People were dancing. Like, I was like sweat was coming from my forehead. I was dancing. I'm like, this DJ is so good. Look over. Eat yourself. I'm like... Oh wow! All right, super cool. He gives me like you know the little the salute. salute. Awesome. And uh, that was cool because I had met him last year, so it was good. Like 
yeah, it's good to come around like that. I like to ask this question of people um, uh, when I remember, so I'll ask this of you. By virtue of your uh, your relationships and where you've traveled, who's the most famous person that you've met? The most famous person that I've met. You shook the person's hand and you said, hello, my name is T-Rex or my name's Tyrone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm the most famous person that I've met. Um, I don't know, Pierce Bronson or Brosnan, I mean, or no, no, or, I don't know, Jay-Z. Like, who's more famous, James Bond or Jay-Z? Uh, I think Jay-Z is more famous yeah, than Pierce would, Brosnan. Okay, I would say so. Um, let me see, who else? Um, Where did you meet Jay-Z? LeBron, I don't know, uh, Kobe? <laughs> Steve Wright, you can't tell that story. It's a I great story. I can't tell that story. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry to do that, audience. Sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry, another time. Um, how, where did you meet Jay-Z? How did I meet Jay-Z the first time? Uh, let's see. Oh, all right, so check this out. So it was uh, Halloween 2010. Amazing. Uh, Jay-Z brings out Drake on stage to perform a song at at the Air Canada the Center. Air Canada I Center. went to that concert. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. So there was like a small group of us, and um, you know, obviously we were all super excited. I was there. With, I was standing like with with his mom. Like it was like a big deal, you know, because it's like, first of all, Jay Z doesn't really bring anybody out. Secondly, to let them perform their own song, he, he performed did successful. successful. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. we were just like on cloud ninety nine. You know, like we were <laughs> happy, and um, so then. We're, as we're leaving, Drake's like, okay, yo, I'm, I'm rolling with Jay-Z. Um, I'm going to text you. Oh, my God, cool. He hits me and he goes, yo, we need to do an after party for Jay-Z. I'm like, uh, right now? He's like, yeah. And he's like, can you put something together in 45 minutes? Whoa. He's like, we're going somewhere first, and then I want to be able to be like, you know, let's, we have a party for you. I'm like, I'm on it. So I go back to Drake's house, and I sit there, and I'm like, call Feature, who was playing, like, a gig in, like, I don't know, like, just past Ajax or something. Like Whitby or something. Oshawa. Oshawa. That was it. Oshawa. He was playing. He's on his way to Oshawa to play a gig. Um, My other partner, Brock, was in Barrie at a wedding. Oh, my goodness. And we didn't have a venue. Then they're like, oh, we need Ace of Spades or Dom Perignon. Oh, my gosh. Matter of fact, we need both. And we need Patron. And it's like, okay, I don't even know where we're doing this. It's it's probably a Friday or a Saturday night, which is impossible to find a venue that you can just take over. Anyways, we end up doing it. Um, we ended up doing it at Bar Chef. We take over Bar Chef, which is this really cool place in uh, in Queen West, um, where the 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 head mixologist does all these this cr- elaborate drinks. Like you you get a drink and it's smoking and there's egg and there's like real pomegranate <laughs> and like it's like that's great. Shout molec- out to pomegranate and molecular molecular <laughs> mojitos. So it's like you take a full mojito and you make it into this molecular ball and. You eat the ball and you just drank a whole mojito. Like, anyway, it's a really cool place. So, grab the, I get the venue, get them into it, get Future to U-turn on the highway and come back to DJ. 
again. Oh, I remember this party. It was yeah. at wasn't it at Cultura? No, on King King. Okay, so King that's East. where they, that's where they went first. But it was, oh. it was too crazy. It was too crazy. Yes, it was too crazy. Yes, I remember so, like seven SUVs showed right. up. Yeah, 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 so yeah. So they yeah. were like, put this party together. You have forty five minutes. So now, unbelievable. Brock's on his way back. We're just texting the uh, the prettiest friends that we have. Right. And, and, and you need you need to the aesthetics are important. Right. Um. So, forty five minutes later, you know, some SUVs pull up and. Out comes Jay Z and uh, J Cole, who, who like probably nobody even knew who they were, who he was at that time. Wale, um, of course Drake, uh, a couple of our other celebrity friends, and like a lot of uh, uh, our pretty friends from Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which Toronto is has a lot of pretty pretty and, friends. And, and by friends, I mean friends, because we don't we don't associate with, with groupies, no groupie love. Uh, not just not a thing, upper uh, top shelf, <laughs> not accessible, <laughs> for real. But anyways, so yeah, so Jay Z comes in, he's having a great time, and you know we get to like, let's say it's halfway through the night for sake of the story, and um, the music cuts, and um, oh yeah, the music cut because I had to make an announcement. I was like, hey, look, you know, thanks for everyone that showed up at such short notice. Please stop texting and telling people that we're here. We're not letting anybody else in. No need to take pictures. Like, this is like an epic night. Take a mental note. You know, everyone here is here because we're friends of someone. And tonight, you know, we had a, a great opportunity where we got to see our boy, Drake, on stage with Jay-Z, um, which means the absolute world to me. And I know anybody else that loves hip-hop, that means the world to you. So tonight, if you're here, just be here with us, you know, wholeheartedly. Mind, body, and spirit, just be here. Don't tell anybody on text to come here. They're not getting in, all that good stuff. So everybody was like, oh, yeah, you know? And then, uh, well, except for the couple of girls that had friends outside that now had to relay the message. But everybody was happy <laughs> and in good spirits. And then Jay's, so Future's, I'm like, Future, go ahead. So Future's about to play the music, and Jay-Z goes, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, uh, man, I just want to say uh, thank you, T-Rex. Uh, you know, thank you, T-Rex, for putting this together for me. You know, da-da-da. And I'm like, oh? Uh? Like, just... He like, just said your name. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jay-Z just said my name. So then he goes, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Give me a sec. So he takes, I don't know what those things are called, but you know what you make the make shots in? Oh, like, like a shaker, a shaker yeah, a shaker. Yeah. So he... So whoever doesn't, he's like, who doesn't have a shot? Who doesn't have a shot? So he starts making drinks. He's pouring out, pouring shots. Now everybody has a shot. And he goes, all right, here we go. Toast to the host, T-Rex. One, two, three. Hey. I literally, <laughs> I couldn't even move. That's so amazing. Like, I look at Future, Future knows. Future's giving me that look and a couple other eyes. like, um, And then like, so the music goes back on. Everybody's dancing, having a good time. And I just walk around the corner by myself. And I was just like, out of all the parties that I've thrown for people over the years, like everybody from 50 Cent, The Game, um, you name it. Like even movie stars that are thrown parties for when I used to work across the street at Fluid. Uh, but like that for me was the moment. Like that was that was so cool. Um, and I forget who was came up to me. It was either Drake or, or Oliver. One of them came up to me and was like, feel good right now eh? <laughs> yeah buddy yeah dude but yeah so that was that was um that was uh, that was 
that's probably the most famous person that I've ever met, I think. I mean, I met Beyonce. Is she more famous than him? Mm. I think so. I don't know. My brother's name is Drake. Is he more famous? Mm, not, not, yet. Yet. not yet. Um, yeah. Listen, don't search for anything more. That was an amazing yeah, story. I'm, so. And I'm, I'm actually basking in it. Like, I'm, I'm letting that story bathe over me because, <laughs> like, one, I'm probably going to go retell it tonight. Right, right. And then, two, it's just like, it's just, it's just a cool feeling when, when to, A, to put something together that quickly, and B, just to celebrate your boy, your brother Drake, in that moment where he is acknowledged and he is, you know, he's on the same level as, you know, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like Michael Jordan bouncing the ball to Kobe Bryant. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's special. No, it, it's super special. I mean, that year when, and then things started to change like really quickly yeah. for Drake because we all we all went to the Grammys for the first time and then you know we're we're at a party and Jay Z and Beyonce walk into the booth and you know face recognition you know it's like oh what's up what up and then I see Jay Z again it's like oh what's up Rex like so it's good like I mean he, he probably don't remember me now or maybe he does maybe he doesn't but it doesn't matter because it was great that was great. I, uh, I look forward to uh, many more stories from you, and I look forward to many of your interviews in your new your new TV show called Movie Night, which yeah. is on E! at 5.30 on Fridays, 5.30 Eastern, and it's, uh, it plays throughout the weekend on E! So set your PVRs because my man T-Rex is just, you see him, he's very, such a diverse uh, personality, and you get to see him in his new role, in his hot suits, and then get to talk movies. You've seen him talk music for so long and then be involved in the arts with one love to yo and now it's movies you're unstoppable dude you're a force trying man trying i'm gonna put this out there in the universe i want to be in a movie i want to be in a movie i'm working movie night but i want to be in a movie like i want to throw it's, to it's, it's a not movie long. that i'm in that's not that's not you know far I mean? away that's not far away because i get to watch all these cool movies now and stuff but i want to be in a movie well, well let's make it happen let's do it we should be in a movie together yeah, but and then but that I want weird. no no we could we could be we could be partners we could be cops we could be lawyers Ooh, we could be can you imagine like what like uh like we could Will be Smith rival dentists <laughs> <laughs> we could be baggage claim guys that's, you know we that's could, crazy that's another cool movie that's coming out baggage claim with uh with Paula, Paula Patton, Patton yeah. and uh, and and um, an all star cast of uh, people in that. Paula Patton and uh, oh my gosh who else is in it I just heard I just heard about it the other day. Even Terrence is in that movie too. Terrence J. Yeah, and Lala Anthony, Carmelo's wife. Yeah, she's in the movie as well. Nice. So that's she was she here was, during Tiff, that's right? That's why she was here. I interviewed her on the carpet as well. Carmelo, Baltimore boy. So, I played against Carmelo actually. What do you mean? Well, when I was in the twelfth grade, Carmelo was in the tenth grade. He went to Towson Catholic, and I went to Randallstown High, and uh, we beat them by two at the Towson Catholic tournament, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the memories will never die. We don't die, we just multiply. Uh, T-Rex, thank you very much for uh, telling some great stories on the Cabby Presents podcast. And again, for uh, you guys out there that aren't familiar, you can follow his adventures at Mr. One Love T.O. That's at M-R, the number one, L-O-V-E-T-O on both Twitter and Instagram. And definitely check out his show, Movie Night, on E! every Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. My man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. One love. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.